Welcome to track number 12 of Finish What You Started. world you can only touch the world you are in the world you are in is the world you can reach there will be another world after you those who are now three years old those who are now six years old they are coming by the time those who are six years are 36 it will be 30 years plus your age add it how much is that how much would that be Busola, you'll be 70 something if you are alive You'll be a 70 year old lady walking in the church like this. And they say, oh, she has been in this church for many years. She's uh, one of her bishops, you know, whatever. So she's on uh, But you'll be 70 years old. Like, oh. Very old. There will be 30 year old fresh people. There's, there'll be another world here. This is our world that we are supposed to reach now. It's only our world we can reach in our time. I'm telling you, another world is good. They have already been born. The other world have already been born and they are just coming up. I'm not waiting for you as you keep planning later on this, later on that. Come on! Shoot now. Don't talk too much. See the guys in the Bible school? They are my heroes. I know great things are going to come out of those guys. Four years they have been in the school. Four years. I mean, Bible says in all labor there is profit. Bible says whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. It will, it will never be in vain. It cannot be in vain. Give himself full time to something. Oh. Charlie. Those of you who are here at the camp, it's not for nothing. As you hear, you see that I see something. See, it's like a, it's not a hook, a single hook. It's like about three or four hooks holding you here like that. It's like it's calling you, it's pulling you. You can't do anything again in this world. You can only work for God. Did you hear? And I say you can't do anything again in this world. You can only work for God. Shama kabayaba, palola masandolo bokamana lebendelele mekeba sambalaba, palaba bandalaba. And some of you, when you don't follow and serve the Lord with gladness, you will serve an enemy of your soul. You will bow to an enemy. Yeah. You will bow to an enemy. You will be surprised. Mercy. It's our time. It's our time to believe. It's our time to love and there was a time we received. 
righteous. Now it's time for Please us complete to give. Standing hand in hand together. Let's reach out and touch our world. Can you hear the Spirit calling? Can you hear the Spirit calling? more than men. Yeah. Ladies hear it more. Hmm? More ladies hear the spirit calling. Hmm. Brothers hear money calling. More. But none of these things move me. Amen. Okay, okay. Number 14. All good works we have begun must be completed. That's the next reason. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Every good thing we have started must be completed. Have we started the Bible school? It must be completed. Have you started working the Bible school? It must be completed. Have you started the ministry? It must be completed. He who began a good work in you he who began a good work in is there a song like that can you sing it he who began a good work he who you know it began a good work began a good work in you you'll be faithful to complete it be faithful to complete it. He who started the work will be faithful to complete it in you. Simple song, Philippians 1 verse 6. Come on. He who began a good work in you. Work will be faithful to complete it in dun, 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 dun. You have taken away his uh, music. Okay. Are you have you learned the song now? Can you sing it? If you say I'll call you to sing alone. Without organ, without piano, without anything. So learn it very well. I'm going to select somebody from this area. As a soloist, you are going to sing alone. To go, come on. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you.
He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work. No, no. The second one. He who began a good work in you. You understand? That one is uh, other people who are supposed others who are to sing that part. It's not the main song. You get it? He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He began a good work in you. Start again. Ready go. them you are wasting time hurry up he who began a good work in you he who began a good work in you he who began a good work in you come on come on you are not supposed to sing for him. He'll be faithful to complete it. He'll be faithful. <laughs> no. Where are the police? Where are the church? spiritual police in the church? <laughs> He's coming to bribe them. You are one. Okay. Ready, go. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He'll be faithful to complete it. He'll be faithful to complete it. Jesus. I said I see it in the name of Jesus. He who began a good work in you is going to bring it to a complete end. Eric, stand up. Lumumbashi, he who began a good work, is going to bring it to a completion. God has started something good there. Yeah. 
He's gonna, he's gonna finish it. He's gonna finish it. The beauty of the work is gonna come out when you finish it. But before you finish it, almost all through your life, you will not see the beauty of what you are doing. At the end, when you get into the finishing side of that work, you see. Oh, South Africa, what God has begun. May God finish it all. May we finish what we have started here. How many would like to see it finished? Everywhere you go, you see somebody say, I'm born again. I, I go to Lighthouse Chapel. I, gave my, I, was, I was in my house and people came there. They told me about Jesus. And I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm here. I'm here. Thank God. I was a sinner. I should have been dead. I should have been singing in my grave. But God spared me. Because Pastor Penny came there. Because Pastor Godwin came there. Talk to me. Wow. When we hear these testimonies from Soweto to King, anywhere, far away. We don't want to drive in South Africa. We don't see the signboard. Lighthouse Chapel. We are not shy of small. There is no shame about a small church. There is no shame. You may scream. How many would you mind being a pastor of 20 people? Would you love it? How many would love it? Oh, say, I love it. I love it. 20 people that you are saving. Ask Noah what it means to be a pastor of seven people. Save seven people. Three, no, himself included in the church. Three sons, three wives, and himself. Oh? And his wife, Noah. And he had a wife. So they were eight. Wow. I'm sure Noah was singing. He who began a good work. When he was nailing. Go. Go. Began a good go. work in me. He who began a good work in you. Go, go to your old key. Be active so that we don't choose a new key. Otherwise, we will choose different keys. Come on. Noah was sharpening them. This is the song he was singing. Painful to complete. Hear me play. He was cutting the wood. He who started the work. His nails were finished. He went to collect some nails. And he was singing. He
first. So he went to collect it from outside. He said, Come and help me to carry. And as he was carrying, they were singing, Come on. They were singing. Because if you 
animals and you don't catch a lion how can you say you have finished your work you have a snake you have a monkey
Monday, you must also say, I'm finished. I'm finished. You know, it's possible to say, I'm finished. It's possible. It's not, it's not only I've not finished. It is possible to say, I'm finished. It's possible. Monday, one day, you should say, I'm finished. I'm finished. It's possible to say, I'm finished. Amen. Sit down. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Now, number 15. Pray to Jesus for the grace to finish. Because he is the beginner and also the finisher. So the point here is that Jesus is not only a beginner of ministries, but a finisher. Because Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, verse 2, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So we must finish because the one we are serving is not only a starter of things, but he's a finisher of things that he has started. So whatever we have, whatever you have, you are a starter. God, the God you are serving is a beginner and also a finisher of the faith. Number 16, you must be like David, King David, who, that's the next reason why you must finish, who completed all aspects of what God had called him to do. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, Bible says, When he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will, all my will. Acts 13 verse 22. Acts 13. Acts 13 verse 22. I found David. Oh, I found who? What's your name? I found what? What's your name? I found who? I found who? Wow. Who shall fulfill all my will? He will not fulfill part of my will. He will not fulfill 70% of my will. He will not fulfill 50% of my will. But he will fulfill all my will. May God say about you, I have found you. Wow. I found your name. And I found somebody who is going to fulfill all my will. So whatever you are doing in Port Elizabeth, finish all. So that God will say, I found Daniel. I found Della. Who shall fulfill all my will. Is it powerful? How many know that there are different aspects of the will of God? Yeah. 
you must fulfill all aspects of the will of God. Amen. All right. The next reason why, a very important reason why we must finish is because it is God who has put it into our hearts to finish. It's something that God is doing in our church. God has put it in our hearts to finish. God has put it in our hearts. How many realize that God is putting it in your heart? How many realize that God is putting it in your heart? Yeah. You see, God put it in my heart to finish. He started to tell me about finishing. He started to talk to me about finishing. So, for some time now, it's always finish. Finish what you started. Finish, finish what you started. You have to finish the things you started. So, God put it in my heart about South Africa. I saw that South Africa was a great work that we have begun here. But God put it in my heart that, look, it's nowhere near completed. You have to finish what has been started in South Africa. We have to finish what we started in all these different countries. This is not the end. This is not even the middle. It's less than 10% of what God wants to do. In our time, I'm not talking about the future, eternity, one day, some other people. I'm talking about you and me whilst we are fresh here. Revelations chapter 17. What does Revelation chapter 17 verse 17 say? For God hath put in their hearts huh? to fulfill his will. See, that's why we must feel because it's not, it's not even something we are dreaming about. You can sense that God is putting it in our hearts to finish something. How many can realize that the spirit of God is putting it in our hearts? It's making us understand it. That you need to finish. You need to finish. Amen. Wow. How many agree that God is putting it in your heart? Powerful. The next one. So that we, we, we must finish so that we can please God. Bring God joy to the uttermost. So that we can bring God the highest kind of joy. Amen. We must bring God the highest kind of joy. Amen. What do you think? How many know there is something like the highest kind of joy? Philippians 2.2 2. Fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill. You can fulfill the joy. You can let joy be complete. Or you can let joy be half. Isn't it? In sexual pleasure, when joy is complete, sexual joy is complete. I'm talking about those who understand what I'm talking about, those who are married. If you are not married, say, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't even listen to what I'm saying. After you are married, they come for the tape. <laughs> you can have maximum pleasure, but you can also just have an experience. Amen. Amen. And many ladies don't have the ultimate joy. They have, I mean, some 10%, small percentage of experience. They don't have the full joy or the fullness of 
pleasure. It's just something that they are allowed to happen. You keep looking at me like you don't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I'm trying to explain when it says fulfill my joy. <laughs> it's like you are having sexual pleasure, but it's not full. It's some percentage. Yeah. You enjoy it up to a point. Some people even don't enjoy it at all. One day, one lady went to come, uh, she got, they got married. She said, ah, is this what people have been doing? Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And then we explained to her, this is it. <laughs> huh? Iona. Kiona. What does it mean? That's it. Kiona. <laughs> Is this it? That's it. Kiona. A book says only 40% of women experience full joy. I mean, or have experienced it before. Not that they experienced have experienced it before. Yeah. So that's why they don't like it. When they have nothing to gain from it. Yeah. And when they are trying to get something, then they like it. So God is also saying, yes, you are bringing me joy, but not full joy. God is not fulfilled. God doesn't get to the orgasmic levels of joy when he sees you. When you have not, you have not fulfilled what do you think? How many understand it clearly? Yeah. You are giving him joy, but some minimal experience. When he sees you, this is not... Yeah. A certain lady. <laughs> Should I tell There are children here. Okay, those who are not married, close your ears. No, you can still hear. Are you there? God wants maximum joy. When God looks at me, there is a certain maximum joy he can get out of me. I can make him happy to a certain ecstatic level. But God can also look at me and say, hmm, okay. Mercy. So when God sees you, does he guess what? <laughs> or he just look at you and say, hmm, is that all? Have you finished? Have you finished? <laughs> Where is the rest of it? Do you claim to have finished? So South Africa, God is looking at you and saying, Ah, is that all? Have you finished? A certain lady, <laughs> she was sleeping with somebody. When he finished, she asked him, Is that all? 
Brothers, if they ask you, is that all? <laughs> is that all? <laughs> Have you finished? <laughs> Just now, is that, is that all? So, listen, that's what God is asking South Africa. Is that all? Is that all? 37 churches. You finished already? Have you finished? (laughs) Have you finished? Are you getting up and going just now? (laughs) Have you finished in Mozambique already? Just now. Just now. You finish that all you can do. God is saying, I remember one of my servants whom I sent here. This is what he was able to do. A certain lady, she started to climb the wall and go and find other people because she could remember others. Jack Toronto used to do more for me. <laughs> Jack Toronto needs to do you more. He used to work longer. <laughs> Fulfill my joy. Fulfill God's joy. God can have a joy up to a point. You can make the joy maximum. But you can make God know that you just existed, but that's all. Nothing much. There's nothing much about you. There's nothing much. Just start something something measly. Is that all? Oh. Oh. Is that all that you can do? Ah. But, uh, my old guy, he could, he could, he could really do a lot. He could stay for hours. Just now, Kabul, as good as nothing. Is that what you want God to say to us? God was getting excited when Pastor Kingsley was here, and he was getting excited when Pastor Clufio was here. Is he going to get discouraged when he sees Pastor Jake and the rest of you here? And just, just, his, his joy that was climbing. And just, he said, ah, is that all? Now, it shouldn't be. We, we have to take this thing to the end. How many are ready to take it to the end? Are you ready to take it to the end? Amen. How many understand what I'm saying? I, I want you to understand what I'm preaching. If you understand it, then I've achieved what I'm trying to do. If you don't understand it, there's no point in me preaching you don't understand. I want you to understand it. Amen? Are you ready? Okay, good, good. Next one. How many do you have? Huh? 
Letter 19. Wow. That's 19. Okay. You must go. The next reason why you must fulfill is that you must go to the ultimate and to the end, the maximum of whatever type of ministry you have received. Whether it is apostolic, pastoral, evangelistic, teaching or prophetic. You must go to the end. The ultimate conclusion of your kind of ministry. Amen. So if you are a pastor, you must take the pastoring to the conclusion. To the logical conclusion. But many of us are taking the pastoral ministry. We are not taking it to the end. And that's why I tell many lay pastors that the end of the thing is full time. If you are taking it to the logical conclusion. Yes. That's one of the conclusions. But you can be a better pastor than you are. And in Colossians chapter 4 verse 17, he says to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received from the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Take it, carefully attend to the type of ministry that you've received and make sure you fulfill it. Make sure you go to the end. Make sure you fulfill pastoral work. Maximize, understand it, master it, take it to the highest level that you can possibly take pastoral work to. Maximize pastoral work till there is no pastor like you. You must be the best pastor in South Africa. You must be the highest kind of pastor in South Africa. Wherever you are, whatever type, to the highest. As I'm doing evangelistic crusades, I'm not trying to be just an ordinary evangelist. I'm trying to take it to the fullest ultimate that I can take evangelism to. Any possible extent that I can drive evangelism to, I'm trying to do that. What do you think? Is it a good idea? Yeah. That's why the church that I have founded, I'm not just want to be a founder of a church, but I want to be, see the church can be handed over and handed over and hand, if I can see the church be handed over three times, different all the time, and it's still working, I think I'll be happy. But even just handing over from myself to somebody, it's not enough. You have to see the egg keeps passing. Your child can go here, can go here, can go here. So the child is still okay. Nobody can easily kill the child. Then you see that the child is strong. The child is mature. Yeah. So I don't want to just be a founder. So I'm a founder of a church. No. What type of church? That's why I'm doing all the things that I'm doing. I'm trying my best to take it to the mind. I don't want to just start a church. I want to start a church that will be here. If Jesus doesn't come for the next hundred years, I pray the lighthouse will be a strong church still in South Africa or Malawi or wherever it is. Amen. Is it a powerful thing? So, what, what is your calling? You call yourself a shepherd. You call yourself a shepherd. What is the maximum we can take shepherding work to? I've written a new book called Art of Shepherding. What is the highest level you can take the thing to? Let's take it to the level. Like singing. If you are singing, what is the highest level? Fulfill. Archippus. Fulfill your ministry. Don't just go 10% of pastoral work, 10% of evangelistic, 10% of apostolic. 10%. Go to the end. If you go and start something. So if Persecution is going to Ethiopia, 
You have to start churches. By the time you are dead, you have to see that something that cannot easily be removed out of Ethiopia. Something that can stand neck to neck with the Orthodox Church in Ethiopia. Like we all see that, yes, an apostle came here and he lived here for some years. What do you think? Is it a powerful thing? Yeah. There was a man, he came to Nigeria in 1955. A white man, an American. And he came to start the Four Square Gospel Church. And he stayed there for 11 years. Today, I have been invited to the Four Square Pastors. They have thousands of pastors in Nigeria. I've been there several times. His 11 years of work has left something that cannot easily be removed out of that country. That's how you have to think. You take it to the end. I'm sure that man is dead by now. 11 years of work in Nigeria from 1955 to 1966. And he has left something real that you can't easily move away. So, Pastor Obi, what are you going to live in Kenya one day? What about you? Are you taking it to the end maximum? The highest possible level? Huh? Or you just want to be I want to be a sweeper in the house of the Lord. I want to be a cleaner. I want to just be average. I don't want to just be average. I want to fulfill. I want to go to the highest. I want to have the best. I want to take it to the conclusion that it can exist. You have a church. You have to desire to have a building. There must be a church building with a church office. Church Sunday school. Children's church. Uh, 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 international speakers coming and going. Huh? With other speakers, conventions, programs, camps. What are the possibilities in the field that you are working? What are the possibilities? Take it to the end. What do you think? That's why I always go to Korea. I invite all of you to come to Korea. I go to Korea to see the maximum ultimate possibility of a church. This year, God willing, I'm going again. I mean, you see a church, the man is 70 something years old. He meets in the Olympic Stadium with his shepherds on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning, any morning. He just calls his shepherds. The Olympic, the, the biggest stadium that you can have for the Olympic, the big one, the Olympic Stadium. You see the sign, Olympic Stadium, this way, Olympic Stadium. I mean, when you are in Seoul, Korea, you see the signs, Olympic Stadium, Olympic Stadium, Olympic Stadium. All the signs are in Korea, but that one is Korean and small English. Olympic Stadium, this way. That's why he meets shepherds. The whole place is full. <laughs> I mean, we are talking of ultimate pastoral work. He has been a pastor for so many years. He has handed over his church. And he just invites us and calls, come, fellowship at the stadium. Come in the morning. <laughs> and they, every year you think that the church will get finished. I mean, that's, you are looking at the ultimate levels of pastoral work. Well, what, what else can you do? So every type of ministry has its ultimate. If you are a doctor, you can take it far. You can become a private. This You can have a hospital. You can do this, 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 this. You can have this. You can do any field. You can be a certain level. And God is saying to you, tell Archippus that he better fulfill his mission. Take the thing to the end. So what can you do in Swaziland? You must have your building, church, children's church, offices, this, branches, branch pastors, branch buildings, this and that, whatever. What can you do? Take it to the end. 
Don't just sit there and say, we have been sent here to come and do something for God. Ah. What do you mean by that? Are you dull? Ask your neighbor, are you dull? Or you are alive? What did they say? Alive. There's a church called Alive Chapel. Amen. Alright. Grace, come sing one song for us. Next one, number 20. Because I'm determined to finish this thing today. And then after that, we close. All right, all right, all right. The next one, you must ensure you must finish because you must finish delivering your message. You must finish delivering the message. Sometimes when you start preaching, you don't finish delivering your whole message. Amen. The message of loyalty must be fully delivered. We can't deliver it halfway. And that's why in Colossians chapter 1 verse 25, Paul said, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. To fulfill the word of God. To fulfill the word. I must complete the word of God. Jesus said, I have finished. I have given them the words that thou givest me. Amen. There is a message that Lighthouse Chapel is bringing. We must fulfill it. We can't give it halfway. People will not understand what we are saying. Some people think that loyalty, you, when you are loyal in the church, we are all afraid. I, somebody said, I, I hear the bishop is very hard. He has cursed, whatever. If you do this, this will happen. If you do, people come to the church and say, ah, what are you talking about? They don't understand what they are saying. The people, a lot of the people, they rather love him. They rather, they, they, there's nothing like fear or whatever. You don't understand. So they don't understood the message. They just sit outside and say, hey, that church, loyalty. Loyalty church. You need to look a little closer. You need to hear it better. I met an old friend today in a cafe on After all these years, somehow did not seem strange. We laughed and reminisced about the life we used to lead. But I could tell, at least with him, nothing much had changed. An invitation to a party was all he had to offer everyone will be there and all the highly thing so as he checked the time and he paid the check he said we're all appearing but I could tell the one he was talking to this is a song her boyfriend, her old boyfriend and she realized that he hadn't changed. All he was doing was inviting her to parties 
and so on. As she was looking at him and he was talking to her, so you realize that nothing much had changed. Or he could talk about inviting to a party. So he wanted to tell the guy, look a little closer and you can see that I've changed. That God has done something in my life. You need God. Look a little closer. Hallelujah. How many want the unbelievers to look a little closer and see that there's a difference in your life? Come on, sing it again. much have changed an invitation to a party was all he had to offer everyone will be there and know the higher leading fame so as he checked the time and he paid the check he said we're all appearing but I could tell the one he was talking to was the old me. And as he looked a little closer, look closer, can't you see that I have changed? I'm not the girl I used to be. My life has rearranged. Come on and look a little closer. Look closer. I'm not the girl I used to be. I gave my heart to Jesus. And he gave a brand new life to me. Wow. Come on. Give the Lord a clap offering. As we began to leave the table and we started toward the door, in my heart there was a staring and I knew there was something more. In his eyes there was an emptiness that only Jesus can feel. It reminded me of how I used to be. Before I accepted him After an awkward moment He broke the silence and he said I heard about a savior Or was it something that I read But I don't need religion There's nothing to it anyway wouldn't mind if we if we took time to pray Lord help him look a little closer look closer help him feel your loving touch remove the blindness and change his heart surround him with your love Lord help him look a little closer look closer Another girl I used 
for him what you've done for me, Lord. Set my brother free. Set him free. Would you do that for me, Number 20. No, I'll give you 20 already. 21. Some of the missions 
God has given us, they are to fulfill all righteousness. We have to finish our work because we need to fulfill all righteousness. Some things, you are not doing them because you need to finish anything great, but just to complete a certain protocol. Amen. Amen. How many have not been baptized in water? Immersed in water since you were born again. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You need to be baptized. Not just because it does anything to you, but because you have to fulfill all righteousness. Amen. You need to do certain things so that you fulfill all righteousness. So sometimes God is asking us to do certain things, not because it's doing anything special, but because it's necessary to happen. Like you have to be ordained, you have to become a pastor, you have to be a shepherd, you have to preach, you have to do the work. Just to fulfill certain laws that are fulfilled. Amen. Sometimes, when I send people, one time I was sending somebody, I said, look, the reason why I'm sending you is because, it's not because you need, you are even going to do something there, but it's to fulfill certain righteousness. Because, I said, one day, you, you need to be in a particular position. And you need to speak. But if you haven't gone to this place before, you cannot say what you need to say. All is theory. Do you understand? Yeah. Like you don't want to make you a, a, a commander in the army. You've never been to war before. You've never been to military training school before. Do you get it? So you realize that there are some things you need to do, not so that you do any particular thing or anything would change people, but so that you have, have some experience. And some of us really need to fulfill certain things in our lives. We need to fulfill certain righteousness. Some of us, our tithes are not going to make any difference to the church. But you need to do it. So that you fulfill the righteousness of being committed that you don't steal 10%. How can you steal 10% and be an honest pastor? I mean that you need to be a real good hypocrite. To some of you, maybe you may be students or you don't have much money. But the 10% is necessary to fulfill something. You see, I never knew that when I finished school, I would just work for one year and I will go into ministry. But throughout my student life, from a certain point, God revealed to me what is tithe. And I started to pay tithes. And I remember one time I was living in London for a year. That is where I knew what survival was. But I had to learn how to pay tithes. My pastor wore shoes with alligator skin, snake skin shoes. The most expensive shoe. One shoe is $1,000. And I was paying my tithe. Every time I paid my tithes, it means I wouldn't eat. Because I was not employed. And I had amount was I think 20 pounds. When I took off the tithe and then my bus pass of 12, I was left with five pounds like that and I could buy one meal a day for five days or six days but remaining one day. Every week I paid my tithes. First thing, huh? I paid my tithes and then I lived off the rest without being able to eat for one day. 
It was something that God wanted me to experience. Because one day I'll be a pastor and I'll be encouraging people to pay tithes. But if I myself have not paid tithes before, not that those two pounds was making any difference to my pastor who was driving a Rolls Royce Jaguar with a thousand dollar snake's shoes. An alligator, any animal that is, he wore it. He wore, he was wearing animals to walk on the, on the road. How much different do you think the two pounds made to that church? They used to, they used to, they announced their, their target, 5,000 pounds a week offering. And 5,000 members, it was their goal, 5,000 pounds a week, 5,000 members, 5,000, this is our vision. They announced openly that it was a, a prosperity oriented church fully my two pounds i don't make anything to the five thousand pounds a week that they were raking in in those days with jaguars days that, that the people come ministers from america it was not a small ministry it was the top ministry in the uk at that time but god trained me with my two pounds i was faith today I direct millions of dollars in the church. If I want to steal, I can steal it. You wouldn't even know. I was standing here, I'm a thief. You would not even know. How will you know? How, how will you know? When, when you control a lot of money, you can steal too. You cannot easily know. So, I mean, God has allowed me to see a lot of money that I have. There. I can control it. I can say, that you go here, you should go here, you should go here. But you see, there are some things that have to be proved in me. And it cost only two pounds, but it cost me a certain something. I felt it. God had to show. Now some of you, when you see with your 20 rands, you don't pay offering. You don't pay tithes. Tithes, you just mulliganize and bring some figure. You bring a figure to the church and you say it's your tithe. It's not, it's not your tithe at all. How do you think God can promote you? Today, look at me. I can drive any car that I want. But I don't drive it. I drive the old car that I've driven for the last seven years. It doesn't mean anything. But now I can. What is the name of the car? I can have it. I will send a text and the car will start coming. You, you can only look at it in the glass and be praying. And claim you can be claiming and naming Window shopping, so internet shopping without ability to buy. But you see, why would God give you authority when he has not tested you? And he has to test you. You have to be tested even with the women. Will you sleep with the women in the church? Because when you are a pastor, the women can throw themselves on you and will do anything that you say. Will you sleep with them? Will you mishandle them? Before he will give you such control and power and authority. What will you do when you have such powers? That's what happened to Eli's sons. They were misusing the money and they were misusing the women. I see some of you, small protocol, God is expecting you. Oh, I just, it was, I was just trying to test you with this one year, something, this situation that you were there. I was just trying to analyze you and see how I could lift you to the next level. And that one, Became a problem. My wife went on Sunday. My wife went to a program. She came back to tell me. She said, look, a pastor came there. To, he said that he came to, he was, he was asked to speak. She said he told a story that was amazing. She said that the pastor 
got up and said he was a poor pastor from Ghana. He had gone to preach. I'm, I'm sure I'll be missing some details of the story, but it was like something like that. He went to preach. And he went to preach somewhere. And the pastor gave him uh, $1,500. And then he went to this other church where he was speaking. A small church. And a prophet came there. And the prophet said, there is somebody here. You come from Guyana. He said Guyana also. And he was from Ghana. Guyana or Ghana. Then he mentioned his name. He said, I think your name is Obain. He said, and you have $1,500 now in your pocket. And he said that it was all that he had. He had borrowed money from Ghana from somebody to buy a ticket to come to America. He had borrowed 1500 And that $1,500 is exactly what he was going to pay. And he didn't have any money. And the man said, God wants to bless you. And he wants you to bring the 1500 that is in your pocket to give it to God. And he was just about to go back to Ghana. And he said the money was so precious to him. That is why he had not left it in the house. And he had put it in his pocket and brought it to the church. And the prophet was saying that the money is in your pocket now. And you are standing, sitting here now. It's exactly 1,500. And you are from Ghana or Guyana. And your name, your name is Obey. And he said, Charlie. He was sitting there. You see, God was trying to test him. And he said he could not believe it. But the way it was, he could not escape. And I think he didn't go forward. And I think the next day, he went and he brought them and said, look, I cannot keep it again. And I'm going to go back home without the money to pay for the whatever. So he packed his bags and left for Ghana. He said, as he was checking in at the airport, and was going, a lady came up to him and said, are you such and such? She said, look, I, I had a whatever. God spoke to me. He said that you are from Ghana or whatever. God spoke to me. It wasn't even related to that service. That there is somebody from Ghana and I should go to the airport or so and I'll meet the person. And when I went, are you such and such? I said, yeah. The pastor, I'm going. This year. She said, God told me I used to be a missionary with my husband. He's dead. And I have something, savings. And God told me to give it to you. I forgot how she got to meet the person. He was checking he was going with penniless. He said, God, I should give you this envelope. He said, wow. The man who had been called to come and give the 1,500. So he took the envelope and said, God bless you. So he took the envelope. Small envelope. And he opened it. He was going. When he opened the envelope, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 20,000, 25,000, 30,000, 40,000 dollars in the envelope. The woman disappeared. He never saw the man again. 40,000 US dollars. He could not believe it. He said, I won't travel again. He collected his bags back. Back to Because he had nothing. He was going with, he wanted instruments. Now he, yeah, he was going back to go and, and he didn't have even money to pay that debt in return. He said, that thing, anytime he's discouraged, he remembers that thing. Now I see that God is real. They called his name 
and the amount of money that he had in his pocket and told him that this is a God wants to bless you. And this woman came at the airport and gave him the money and said, I was a missionary in Africa many years ago. My husband is dead and I have this savings and God told me to give it to you. I brought it to you. Some of the things that you are doing, it's not because you are going to help somebody's ministry with 1,500, but it's to fulfill maybe the law that you should sow so that you should reap. Because without sowing, you cannot reap. So when we look at our lives and realize that even that law, to be responsible so that you don't steal God's 20 rand or 30 rand, or $20 or $30, you cannot be in charge of a church. And if you are a pastor and you don't pay tithe, we will sack you. Nobody is allowed to be a pastor of this church who doesn't pay tithes, a lay pastor. If you don't pay tithes, you cannot be a pastor in Lighthouse. We will, and we check pastors' tithes. If you don't pay tithes, you can, because it means you will not tell the people to pay their tithes. You cannot have a different opinion on this matter. I hope it is clear. How many agree with me? Yeah. So some of the things God is asking you to do, it's not about you. Or something you are going to give somebody two pounds. It doesn't change the pastor's. It doesn't change the pastor's destiny when you pay your tithe. Your tithe will not change my destiny. Your tithe does not affect my life. Your tithe does not change my future. Get it into your head, and it doesn't change anybody's future. It changes your life. And so when Jesus went to be baptized in the river, it was not because he was a sinner. It was to fulfill some protocols. Some things that have to be fulfilled, that's all. Just, it should be done. I'm shouting. Give me volume. One day when I became a bishop, a bishop is somebody who oversees churches. So when I became a bishop, I announced to the church, I'm a bishop. From now I'm bishop. So the way I became a pastor, I did the same one for the past. <laughs> a bishop, Duncan Williams, called me and told me, he said, what you did is not the right way. It is true, this, 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 but it's not there. He talked for a long time. I said, ah, da, 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 da. I said, no, you have to do the right way. You must be ordained or consecrated as a bishop. It was just because he was talking a lot. I decided to just do what he said. Because yeah. when the experienced people are talking, be careful. Not because I was not a bishop, because I was overseeing about 100 churches. I was a bishop. But there are some things to be done in a particular way. And because I did it, later on, as the ministry went on, I realized I now needed to consecrate some other people as bishops. But because I had done it, and I subjected myself to that ceremony, now I had the authority to also conduct such a ceremony and make the office of a bishop something clear and defined. But if I had not done that protocol, John Wesley he was challenged one day when he was preaching. Who made you a preacher? How can you get up and say this thing? He said, I was ordained by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Anglican Church. I'm ordained. That's why I'm speaking. And the man kept quiet. Jesus was challenged. Who gave you authority? He said, John the Baptist. I was baptized to the ministry by John the Baptist. Do you believe in him? They couldn't answer. So sometimes it's not about anything. Sometimes God tempts you with your father not to just see how you respond so as to keep you from that same thing one day. Because you are about to make a mistake also. And he's going to cover you. But when you don't 
behave in a certain way because you strike. He has raised seven hands to come and strike you down also. Are you listening? How many understand what I'm talking about? So there are some things you have to finish the protocol. You have to become a pastor. Become ordained. Do everything. Finish the schools. Finish the one pastor we were saying to the school. Why should I do exam? Why should I do exam? What do you mean? You don't want to do exam. Go to another church where they don't do exam. Foolish boy. Stupid. Don't want to do exam. Go to a church where they don't do exam. Here we do exams. We do exams here. This is what we do here. If you don't like it, get out. That's how our church is. Don't come and start. One guy, he was saying, eh, one church that we joined every day, exam, this and that. And he was a pastor. So he came for an exam and they asked him, what is John 16 verse 24? Uh, no, no he, they, they asked him, verily, verily, I say unto you, uh, something, something, something. And he answered, it's in Romans, something, something. So, uh, a pastor. When they ask you, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall do this, you say in Romans. Is it not Jesus who said, verily, verily, I say unto you? How can it be in Romans? And you are, you are criticizing our exams. Some of the things.